0: السلام عليكم ورحمة الله وبركاته نحمد ونصلي على رسوله الكريم أما بعد فأعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم رب اشرح لي صدري ويسر لي أمري وحل العقدة من لساني يفقه قولي ربنا زدنا علما كتاب الحيض باب الصفرة والقدرة في غير أيام الحيض الصفرة Yellowish discharge Wal-kudra Brownish discharge Fi ghayri ayyamil In not the days of hayd Meaning Outside the days of hayd Outside the regular period If a woman sees yellowish discharge Or brownish discharge Then what is that? What is the ruling concerning that? Is that considered Period, is that considered discharge? Should a woman pray? Should she not pray? Does she have to do wudu before every prayer? Is she going to deal with it like hayd like istihadah, or like tuhr? Basically, that's the question. Hadathna Qutaybat ibn Sa'idin, qala hadathna Ismail, an Ayyubah, an Muhammadin, an Ummi Atiyyata. Ummi Atiyyya, she narrated, qalat, she said, kunna, we used to, la na'uddu, we would not count. Meaning, we would not consider al-kudratah, the brownish discharge was sufrata, and the yellowish discharge shay anything. Meaning we would not consider it anything at all. In other words, they would not bother to do fresh wudu before every prayer. They would not treat it like menstrual blood. They just consider it like normal vaginal discharge. So basically, if this discharge, color discharge, is outside the time of health then it will be ignored. Meaning a woman does not need to pay any attention to it. So for example, a woman had her regular period, seven days. She took a bath, she started praying, and she took a bath after she saw qusatul bayda or she saw dryness. So she started praying. Now after two days, she sees her discharge is a little dark in color. It's not blood. It's not blood, but it's dark in color. So what should she do? What should she do? Ignore that. She doesn't need to treat it like istihada, So she doesn't need to do fresh wudu before every prayer. Does she have to take a bath? Meaning it's not Hayd. When it is seen outside the regular days of Hayd. And remember, this is yellowish and brownish discharge. We're not talking about blood. We're not talking about spotting. This is color discharge. Now if the Sufra Kudra is attached to the days of Hayd, or within the days of Hayd, then what is it? It is Hayd. And attached to the days of Hayd before or after, what's the condition that it has to be attached? Meaning there should be no gap of purity in the middle. And the second condition is that it should not be for a very long time. Meaning if she has color discharge, two, three days, four days prior to when the bleeding actually begins, then it will be considered hail. Likewise, after the bleeding ends, I mean it's not really that heavy, and it's just color discharge, and attached to the time of Hayd, let's say two days, one day, Then it will be considered hayd as well. But if it's outside, detached, then it is not hayd. Outside the days of hayd. Her regular cycle. Okay, it could be two days, it could be three days, it could be ten days, it could be twelve days. Bab, irq al istihadati. Irq, a blood vessel of al istihadah, of false menstruation. So basically, the blood vessel, meaning a blood vessel is the cause of استحاضة in other words the source of حيض is different from that of استحاضة and what could it be? the source of استحاضة hmm? could be many reasons sometimes some women have uterine fibroids or sometimes endometriosis and cysts also likewise a woman may have an IUD inserted so there could be various reasons behind such bleeding but the point is that this bleeding is not حيضة Haddathana Ibrahim ibn al-Muntir, qala haddathana ma'nun, qala haddathan ibn Abi Di'bin, an ibn Shihabin, an uruwata, wa an amrata, an a'ishata. Amra was the daughter of Abdul Rahman, the brother of Aisha radhullahu anhu. So basically, she was her niece. So she narrated from her aunt, Aisha radhullahu Anha, who was Zaujan Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, that Anna umma habibata, that umm habiba radhullahu Anha who was the sister of Zainab radhiyallahu anha the wife of the prophet sallallahu and um habiba had married Rahman bin Auf. ustuhibat she had istihada for how long sab'a sinin for 7 years so for 7 years she had istihada she was constantly bleeding sometimes a lot sometimes a little with just a day or two of tuhur in the middle she had this problem for 7 years fa sa'alat rasulullah alaihi wasallam so she asked the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam about this فَأَمَرَهَا So he ordered her أن تَغْتَسِلَ That she should take a bath Meaning that she should purify herself And start praying فَقَالَ So he said هَذَا That the source of this bleeding is A blood vessel Meaning this is not Fa فَكَانَت So how did she interpret The command of the Prophet ﷺ That she used to تَغْتَسِلُ She would take a bath لِكُلِّ For every prayer Now this was her own action the Prophet his instruction was what? That she should take a bath. And that can be understood in a number of ways. It can be understood as take a bath, start praying. You are clean. It can be understood as just wash your private part before you pray. And it can also be understood as take a bath, that wash yourself meaning do wudu before every prayer. But she understood it as taking a bath and she had this habit that before every prayer she would take a bath. And because of her action... And we don't know if this was approved by the Prophet ﷺ. Aisha is narrating this. Right? So anyway, the point is that some scholars they said that based on this it can you know it said that it is preferable for a woman who is having istihada that she can join the prayers and take a bath. So for example, Zuhur Asr, she can join, take a bath and pray together. Likewise Maghrib Isha, she can join, take a bath and then pray them. So she can do that. However, this can impose a lot of difficulty upon a woman. So this is the reason why the majority view is what? That she just needs to do wudu before praying. And in fact, other scholars have said that even fresh wudu is not required because they did not consider the blood of istihadah to be najis, or you can say as something that nullifies wudu. But you can say that the majority opinion is what? The majority opinion is do wudu. So for example, from the time that Zuhur begins until the time that Asr ends. Any time in that. Within that period of time, any time that a woman finds convenient, she can take a bath and she can pray both Zuhur and Asr together. Likewise, from the time that Maghrib begins until Isha ends. She has a whole window. In that window, she can take a bath any time and pray both of them together. This is why, like I said, majority opinion is what? Based on other evidences, what do we see? That the more common practice was that doing Wudu for Every prayer, and the instruction of the Prophet ﷺ, "فَأَمْرَهَا أَن تَغْتَسِلَ it can be understood like that as well. Now, we have read many things about hibb, and I would like to make this clear for all of us so that everything that we've studied so far doesn't confuse us more, but rather brings more clarity so that if we ever face a problem, we know how to analyze, okay, and figure out what kind of bleeding it is, what the state is, so that we can worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala accordingly. And if someone else has a problem also, we can help them. So I would like to summarize some important points concerning Hayd. Now you see this flowchart that I made on the board? Okay, what do you see? This is basically... The four kinds of states that a woman can have. First is dryness, nothing, no discharge, absolute dryness. When a woman has complete dryness, that is a sign of طهر. That is a sign of طهر. Secondly, qusṣatul bayḍa. What does that mean? Clear discharge, white discharge, clear. That also is a sign of طهر. Thirdly, sufra and kudra. Yellowish, brownish discharge. Now this can be either طُهُر or it can be حَيْض. When is it طُهُر? When it's outside the time of حَيْض. When is it حَيْض? When it's in that window or it is joined with حَيْض. Then it will be considered حَيْض. The fourth thing is the blood, which is the most complicated. And this blood can be a little or a lot. So we're not talking about heavy bleeding... We're not talking only heavy bleeding or we're not talking about only spotting. We're talking about any kind of bleeding. So any blood that a woman sees coming out from her vagina, that is considered what? Dham. Now this Dham is of three types. Firstly, Hayd. It could be Hayd. Secondly, it could be Istihadah. And thirdly, it could be Nifas. And remember, it can be a little, it can be a lot. Now when is it Hayd? The first question, when is blood hayd? Okay, when, when it comes in the habit days, the ada, when it has certain characteristics, then it is hayd. The basic principle, remember, is that every time a woman sees natural blood for which there is no cause, such as an injury and the like, then it is menstrual blood. Ibn Taymiyyah, he said, the basic principle concerning everything that comes out of the womb, meaning every kind of blood, is that it is menses. Unless there is evidence to show that it is istihadah. Unless there is evidence to show that it is istihadah. So anytime a woman sees blood, what will that be? Hayd. Unless there is a reason for you to think that it is istihadah. Now, secondly, is istihadah. When is istihadah? When will blood be considered istihadah? Because of two reasons. First of all, when it is a prolonged period, continuous, continuous bleeding. Because remember that your regular cycle can also change. So when it is a prolonged period, and secondly, which is more important, is the difference in the characteristics of the blood. The difference in the characteristics of the blood. To summarize, to review again, the characteristics of the blood of Hayd, what are they? That the blood is darker in color, the texture is different, it's thicker actually. Thirdly, it has a smell, and fourth, some scholars have also said the blood of Hayd does not clot. The blood of Hayd does not clot, some scholars have also said that. But the blood of istihada it clots. For example, in menopause, many women complain of this, that they're bleeding two, three weeks, and they're having literally clots coming out. So that is a sign, is an evidence that it is not. Now, regular small clots, if it's a habit of a woman to have that in her period, then it is considered her period. But if it's blood that is coming out and clotting immediately, or coming out in the form of big, big clots, then that will be considered as istihada. Okay? Now, Inshallah, we'll go more into the details of Hayd and Istihadah with a few more points. But before we continue, the last point, which is of Nifas. When is it Nifas? After childbirth. So basically, the main issue is Hayd and Istihadah. Everything else is clear? Okay. Now, when it comes to Hayd, remember that the beginning and ending of Hayd for each woman is different. The way it begins, the way it ends for each woman is different. For some it begins with bleeding, for others it begins with color discharge and ends in the same way as well. Another important point is that there is no minimum or maximum number of days for Hayd or for Tuhur. Okay, there is no minimum or maximum number of days for Hayd or for Tuhur. What does Hayd mean? Period and Tuhur, the period of purity in the middle. Hayd depends on the habit of every woman and the characteristics of the blood. Ibn Taymiyyah, he said, with regards to menstruation, Allah has attached numerous rulings to it in the Qur'an and Sunnah. But he did not state the shortest or longest length or the length of the period of Tahara between two menstrual periods, even though the need to know that exists. When there is a need that people need to know about something, then Allah has informed of it. Isn't that so? When he did not inform of it, that means that there is no minimum or maximum number of days for Hayd or for Tuhr. He said some of the scholars defined a maximum and minimum, but they differed concerning that. Some scholars said minimum is one day. Some scholars said maximum is 10 days. Other scholars said maximum is 15 days. Some scholars even said maximum is 30 days. So they differed concerning that. Some stated a maximum length without defining a minimum. And the third view is the most correct, which states that there is no minimum or maximum. Why? Because every woman is different. And throughout her life, a woman is going through different stages. So where she had a very regular cycle, all of a sudden that changed. Where everything was fine before baby, after baby, everything changed. For 30, 40 years, a woman was fine. As she enters into menopause, everything goes haywire. So this is the reason why there is no minimum or maximum that has been specified. Likewise, every woman's body is different. You know, every place that women live, the kind of diet they eat, the kind of climate they're exposed to, the kind of physical work that they're exposed to, even that has an effect on their period. Alright, so this is the reason why the stronger opinion is that there is no minimum or maximum. So for example, a woman can have her period for four days. And that's a regular habit. A woman can have her period for 16 days if that is a regular habit. As long as the characteristics are present, and that is a period, that is her habit, that is common amongst the women of her family or the women of that community, that will be considered health Then, one more important thing is that a woman's verdict concerning the length and frequency of her bleeding is accepted. Meaning, whatever a woman says about her period, the length of that, the frequency of that, it will be accepted as long as it is something not unusual. If it is unusual, a woman says, I have period for 16 days, then what has to be seen? Hmm? Family, statistics, right? That's what you have to see. Is it possible? If the doctors say, yes, it's possible, then it is her period. But if they say, no, it's not possible to menstruate for 16 days, perhaps your menstruation is just 7 days and later on it's just bleeding, You know, then in that case it is not held. So every case is different basically. Every woman has to see herself. One more important thing that we must remember is that the length of the period may increase and decrease. It may come earlier or later. And this is normal. This is normal. The length of a period may increase, it may decrease. One month you have your period for five days. That's your regular habit. The next month your bleeding is not stopping and it looks like menstrual blood. You have your period for seven days. So should you consider the last two days as the days of istihadah? No. If it has the characteristics, all the signs are present, treat it as hayd. Likewise, you have your period for seven days, for example. One month you bleed only for four days. And then al البيضاء, right? Clear discharge. So what are you supposed to do? Okay, you wait for one day, but clear discharge. Then you have to take a shower and you have to start praying. So you had your period only for four days that month. It is possible. Once she sees the white discharge, and because she's in that confusion that my habit is always seven days. So she waits for one day. Okay, that's fine. But she should not wait for more than that. Because she should start praying And if it comes back For example Within 7 days If she starts bleeding again Like let's say after 4 days She's clean She waits for a couple of hours And then she takes a bath She starts praying So now it is the 6th day 6th day she sees some spotting Some bleeding So can it be healed? Yes it can be As long as the characteristics are present So the length of the period May increase and decrease And the period may come earlier Or later So your date can also change. Does it change? Of course, all the time. So it can come earlier or later. And the blood that comes out in these cases is considered to be menstrual blood. As long as, I mean, the characteristics are present and it is supposed to be period, then you will consider that to be the period. So once uh, Sheikh Ibn Uthaymin, he was asked a question. There is a woman who had an IUD inserted. Before that procedure, her period was seven days. But after that, her period increased to 10 days. Please note that on the 7th day, the bleeding decreases. Then on the 8th and 9th day, the bleeding gets worse. And then it stops after the 10th day. So he said she should carry on until she becomes pure. Meaning, she should wait until 10 days. Because now, because of what happened, her habit has changed. So your habit can change. Now, the end of the period... It is determined by what? By two things: dryness, and secondly, qusatul bayda, clear discharge. Why dryness? What's the evidence that that is also a sign of purity? Because basically, qusatul bayda is what that when you wipe, it comes back clean. So it comes back clean either because there's nothing on it, or because whatever is on it is clear. So dryness is also a sign of purity. And a woman has to see what her habit is. If she is of those women who do have clear discharge, then she should wait to see it. Then she should not consider dryness to be the sign. That if a woman regularly sees clear discharge, then she should wait to see the clear discharge. But if she does not see it, some women don't have vaginal discharge at all, or very little. It's almost not there. So for her, what's the sign that her period has ended? Dryness. So basically a woman has to be familiar of what happens with her. Another important point that if a woman believes that her period has ended, she believes that her period has ended, and then she starts bleeding again. She saw that her period was as, you know, normal, it ended, she saw the signs of purity, she took a bath, she started praying, and she starts bleeding again. Let's say after one week, or after two weeks. Okay? Then if the blood has the characteristics of menstrual blood, it is menstrual bleeding. Because remember, a woman can have menses even three times in one month. As long as it happens, as long as it's acceptable, as long as it's possible, she can have that. So if the characteristics are present, then it will be considered menstrual blood. Otherwise, if those characteristics are not present, then it will be istihada. If it's color discharge, then she should ignore that. Now, let me ask you a few questions. Let me present a few cases to you A woman gave birth to a baby And she did not have her period for 7 months And then she saw blood Along with menstrual cramps But only for 2 days Before her baby was born She would have period for 5 days So these 2 days that she is bleeding Is it health or not? How come? Characteristics are present What are the signs? Cramps that pain that she used to have always That's a sign that this is her period It came only two days So what? The length of the days can change The amount of bleeding can also change Now, after two weeks She starts bleeding again And that also feels like a period And she bleeds for six days Is that hid? Yes Why? Characteristics Yes, two weeks doesn't matter Because remember there's no limit to There's no minimum maximum of tuhur even Another question A woman has her regular monthly cycle I mean her regular period Every month for six days She turned 49 And now she doesn't have her period at all It's been three months, she hasn't bled And now all of a sudden she starts bleeding And her bleeding is not stopping And she's been bleeding for three weeks Heavy bleeding with clots So what is that? Istihadah. Istihadah. Alright? Why? What's the sign? It's the characteristics, right? And it's prolonged. It's just not ending. No, menopause is just a state in which your body is going to get out of the periods. So basically you bleed in different ways. You could have haydh and you could also have istihadah. First few days if she sees that the blood has the characteristics of haydh, then she will consider it haydh. But if it doesn't have the characteristics, it's, a, it's, just, it's just thin blood. It's just streaming out. And occasionally there are just big clots. Okay? And she doesn't have any pain, uh, any signs of haid Then in that case, she will consider it to be istihad from the beginning. Yes, it doesn't have smell. Either. When you have a period, you know it's a period. Then another question. A woman was taking birth control pills and then she stopped taking them. And she had spotting for three days. That smelled a lot, a little bit of pain, but not really like her normal period. What is this? Haid. Why? The smell is there. A little bit of pain is there. So the signs of Hail are present. Even if they are very less, but they are present. Another question. A woman did not have her period for almost a year. She went up for a hike on a mountain. <laughs> and then she came back. And she felt her menstrual cramps and she started bleeding. (laughs) Hayad. She's going through menopause. She didn't have a period for an entire year. But it's the usual signs of her period. So she will consider that to be her period. Okay? Do you have any question? Yeah, You don't have them She stopped taking them And now that her cycle's coming back It's messed up When you're taking the pills It comes on just certain days only But when you go off of them Your body is readjusting So because of that The period will also be affected Right? Hormones, exactly Any other question?
1: The sinus clot, right? But the doesn't have clot
0: No Istihadza has big clots
1: But the eyes are also
0: it's different kind it can come in clots, but it's different. It can be like thick mucusy. But istihada, the clots, you know, if a woman sees them, she knows that this is something not normal. Any other question? Yes, Ali. If, uh, a child gets a period,
2: it's like six-year-old child, is that still a period? I don't know. Because I know somebody who had that, and they said that the doctor said it's because of uh, the food they eat, like the hormones in the food.
0: That's what caused them it's, a period. Yeah, if the doctor is saying that it is a period, then it is a period. Because even newborn girls can have. She's six years old and she has started her period, regular. And the doctor said this is period. Then it's period. Because, again, your diet affects you, your hormones, right? They affect you. So a woman can become baligh at six years of age as well. The big cloth that you said, is it different color with haid and different color with
2: istahada or not? Yes, different? the
0: color is also different. Because for hail the color is darker.
2: Yeah.
0: And for Istihadah, the color is lighter. And if the clots are accompanied by thin blood, okay, like thin blood and then clots in the middle, then that is Istihadah. The blood of hail is thicker in general. It is thicker in general. So you may see, you know, some blood that looks like clots, but it's not actually clots. Okay? It's the uterine wall that's basically coming off, so it looks mucousy, but it's not actually a, a blood clot. Bab Al al A woman who tahidu who starts her hail after ifada, meaning after Tawaful Ifada. Now Tawaful Ifada is also known as Tawaf ziarah. Yes, Tawaf ziara, okay, not um widar. is the farewell one. Tawaf ifada, Tawaf ziyarah, same thing. And it is rukun alam of hajj. It's the major pillar of hajj. Meaning without it, hajj is incomplete. If a person does not perform Tawaf ifada, their hajj is incomplete. Now if a woman begins her period after Tawaf ifada, what does that mean then? That she has completed all the major arkan of hajj. Now she starts her period. But before she leaves Makkah, what does she have to do? Tawaf al-Wida' The farewell Tawaf, right? She has to do that So, if she started her period After ifadah Before Wida' What is she supposed to do? Does she have to wait Until she becomes clean And then perform Tawaf Wida' And then leave Makkah? Or can she leave Makkah Without performing Tawaf al-Wida' hmm? So basically the question is That is Tawaf al-Wida' mandatory? Haddathna Abdullah <laughs> ibn Yusuf أخبرنا مالك عن عبد الله بن أبي بكر بن محمد بن عمرو بن حزم عن أبيه عن عمرة بنت عبد الرحمن عن عائشة. هي Bint بنت عبد الرحمن عن عائشة زوج النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم أنها قالت لرسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم that she said to the prophet sallallahu الله رسول الله o messenger of Allah, Inna indeed صفية صفية بنت حويين قد حضت. she has started her period. قال رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم. So the Prophet وسلم, He said لَعَلَّهَا تَحْبِسُنَا Perhaps she will delay us Tahbisu from حَبْس Meaning we will have to wait For her period to be over And then she will have to do her Tawaf And only then we can leave Makkah And then he said أَلَمْ Takun طَافَتْ مَعَكُنْ Did she not do Tawaf with you? Which Tawaf is he referring to? طَوَاف إِفَادَة he said, perhaps she will delay us because she has to perform her tawaf. Because he thought that she had to perform tawaf ifadah. So then he asked, did she not perform the tawaf already with you? فَقَالُوا So they said, yes, of course. He said, Then leave. Meaning then you can leave Makkah. Tawaf withar is not mandatory. But tawaf ifadah is mandatory. Now there is a question. If a woman starts her period before ifadah, and that happens. So what is she supposed to do in that case? Okay, she has to wait for her hail to be over, then she'll perform her tawaf, and then she should leave Makkah. But what if she cannot stay? What if she has a period for 10 days, and she's supposed to leave Makkah within the next five days? Hmm? So she has two choices. That's what the majority scholar said, that she has two choices. The first choice is that she will remain... In her ihram, because she hasn't had tahallul thani, right? She hasn't come out of complete ihram. Tahallul thani is after this tawaf, tawaf ifada. So, she will stay in her ihram until she's able to return. So, for example, she lives in Saudi. She lives in the Flight is from jutta to the So she says, okay, fine, I'll go. I don't want to miss this flight. My children are at home. I should go. Next weekend, I'll come back with my brother and do my tawaf. So, until that next weekend, She's in her ihram. Okay? Until she can return and do her tawaf. But this is difficult. So what's the next option? The next option that she has is that she is like muhsara. In the Quran, what do we learn? وَأَتِمُّ wal وَالْعُمْرَةَ لِلَّهِ Complete the hajj and umrah فَإِنْ أُحْصِرْتُمْ But if you are prevented, meaning some reason, and you're not able to complete the hajj, you're not able to complete the umrah, then what should you do? You should offer sacrifice and come out of the state of ihram. So that's what she will do. She will offer sacrifice. She will come out of the state of ihram. But her hajj is not complete. Okay? Her hajj is not complete. So the miskinah will return home without her hajj being complete and her obligation still remains. Okay. Now this is also extremely difficult. Now these days, okay, you have to take a flight across the continent and you have to go there. But you have to pay thousands of dollars. It's not easy. And for people back then They had to travel for months and months To go to Hajj So basically the journey to Hajj is not an easy one Now a woman has that physical strength She has the financial means Or she may be able to have the financial means Maybe in the next 10 years or so But it's not guaranteed Or it's not possible for her to return Again and again She came with so much difficulty This time How is it possible for her to come again? The Hajj is not easy it is quite challenging, it is quite difficult. So, Shaykhul Islam ibn Taymiyyah, he said that she will do tawaf in that state after she can ensure that her blood will not contaminate the masjid. Okay, so she has to ensure that the blood will not contaminate the masjid and then she can go and do tawaf. Why? Because this is an allowance that will actually create ease, that will facilitate For her, and this is what we see of the maqasid of the sharia, you know, the masadir, the reasons why certain allowances are given is to create ease and facilitation for people. But remember that this is an allowance for who? An exception for who? For a woman who is not able to come back. Who doesn't see in the near future that she'll be able to come back. A woman is aged, let's say. Or she lives in a country from where getting a visa or getting the means to go for hajj is very difficult, or it is extremely expensive. And given the financial situation that she's in, it's not possible for her to do that. Okay, so this is an exception only in her case. And this should not be generalized. It should not be generalized, meaning every woman should not take advantage of this exception. So for example, a woman who lives in Saudi. For her, it's not difficult at all. I mean, yes, they have a limit to the number of hajj they can perform every few years. But still, she can come maybe in the next five years. Maybe the next year she can come. So she should not do this. Okay. Likewise, a woman who is able to return to Mecca frequently. Let's say her family, they go for hajj every few years. They go again and again for Umrah. So she says, instead of going Umrah next Ramadan, I'm going to go for hajj. So I can do my hajj. Or let's say there's a woman who is able to Perform hajj and perform umrah again and again. She is able to. But every time she comes for hajj, this happens with her. And actually, I've met a lady who said this to me. She has the financial means, she has the physical strength, but it's happened with her a number of times because she's going through her stage of life where the periods are irregular. And hajj, there's so much physical exertion. So that itself can cause some women to have their period. Yeah, if you can do that, if it's not a cause of concern, I mean, the, if the doctor says it's okay for you, then she can do that. Okay, she can take medication to ensure that her period will not come. But if it's really gonna have an effect on her body, she doesn't wish to disturb her cycle, she can have uh, problems in the future, then she should stay away from that. Okay?
1: money, the the possibility of doing it. But if someone like in that case is worried, because no one can guarantee that they're going to leave until the next harsh. Exactly. So can she perform her Ifada in that state, and if she comes back... See,
0: there should be a reason to to have that fear. Because, let's say, she's sick or she is getting older and older, so she has this fear that she might not be able to make it. When you have the intention to come back and do it, then... Allah will accept that,
2: inshallah. A lot of the times when we are planning to go for hajj, we don't uh, actually think about this. When we were going, we did like a coach uh, seminar, and uh, Sheikh Mohammed al was saying that it's something natural that Allah has given us. So there's also allowances and all these things. But at the same time, when we choose a package we should make sure it has that many days that mm. if now you did get your period, then it doesn't fly off. They're not returning the, the, the next, next day. day after. Exactly. Like, so that is something very important that we should look. And I was just going to mention about birth control. Like when I was doing Hajj, there were uh, ladies whose daughters, single daughters were taking it. And subhanAllah, some of them still got it, yeah. even though they were taking it. So it's unpredictable. Yeah. And uh, It's not guaranteed. Yeah. And the last point, like you know when you leave, uh, you're in Ahram? A lot of people don't know, but uh, if you have the intention to come back, you're still in Ihram. You cannot be intimate with your spouse. Exactly. So these ladies, they were like getting their daughters married and like, I was embarrassed, but I had to tell them. I'm like, uh, look, auntie, you're going to get her married. She's going to be in ham because that's the option she was going for, mm-hmm. that I will, uh, she will eventually come back with her husband. She's single right now. And I'm like, do you know about this? Mm-hmm. So it's like, you know, we need to really get educated about Hajj. And, yes. and you know, subhanAllah, it's something natural that happens, mm-hmm. but we should be prepared. Like, for example, uh, I remember when I went, I was expecting my period. So I actually rushed it, like as soon as there was uh, time to do it, because it is three, four days, right? Yes. So if you know you're gonna get your period, you do it right away. Don't wait yes. the next day. Yes. Do it right away. Don't don't be in that uh, that boat, like if you're you haven't gotten don't your period. Yeah.
0: Perform tawaf i as soon as possible. The fada if missed, and a woman intends to come back and do it within the days of the Hijjah. Okay, either that same year or the next year. But until she does it, she is in the state of ihram. Okay? Yes, if she intends to just delay her ifadah until she's clean and she can come back, then she is in that ihram because she hasn't had tahallul thani. So that means she cannot have intimate relations with her husband. But tahallul awul was done, which is why she can trim her hair and nails. And if that is difficult for her, which is very difficult, then what should she do? Offer sacrifice, come out of the state of ihram, and repeat the Hajj all over again, whenever possible. And if that seems very unlikely, then what should she do? Perform Tawaf in her head after making sure that the blood will not contaminate the Masjid. For example, a woman she says next week I'll come back with my brother and do my Tawaf, and next week something else happens and she's okay next next weekend and it keeps getting delayed and delayed and she's like this is not working out. So what should she do? Come out of Ihram wherever she is, but have the sacrifice done. Okay, she can have it done over there. Exactly, she can appoint someone to do it for her. حدثنا Muhalla, Ibn أسد قال حدثنا عن عبد الله بن An عن أبيه عن ابن عباس قال he said للحائض أن إذا an exception was made allowance was given for who for the inhabit, for the menstruating woman and Tanfira that she can leave when she begins her period. Meaning he said this concerning tawaf al-wada' That if she's not able to perform tawaf al Then she can just leave And this exception is for who? This permission is for who? For the menstruating woman So she may leave without performing tawaf al-wada' One question about tawaf ifada. Can someone else do it on her behalf? I mean, rami, Ramiul jamar You can appoint someone to do it, right? So what about tawaf ifada? No, you can't You have to do it yourself ibn Umara and Ibn Anhu, he used to say in the beginning of his matter, meaning earlier on his opinion was what? In that she's not allowed to leave. She has to wait until her period is over, she becomes clean, then she does tawaf wadar and only then she can go. This was his opinion. And if she's not able to stay, then she will come out of the state of ihram offer sacrifice. Her Hajj was incomplete. This was his opinion. سمعته, and then I heard him, the narrator is saying, يَقُولُ, he was saying, tanfiru That she can leave. So he changed his opinion. Why? Because إِنَّ رَسُولَ اللَّهِ صَلَى اللَّهُ عليه وسلم رَخَّصَ لَهُنَّ Because the Prophet Wasallam allowed for them. So what do we see over here? That Ibn Umar changed his opinion when he learned the hadith of the Prophet Wasallam. So this should be our way as well, that if we find out about the hadith of the Prophet ﷺ that proves something, then even if we believed something, practiced something that was different before, then we should change our opinion according to the instruction of the Prophet ﷺ. Imagine Ibn Umar being a companion. I mean, he changed his opinion as soon as he found out. Right? Now, there is a question. If a person, if a mujtahid, for example, Ibn Umar ﷺ, who changed his opinion, before he changed his opinion, he must have told someone, that no, you have to... Wait until you're clean and if that's not possible then you have to come out of your hajj is incomplete. But later on he found out that there's an exception. So is he responsible for what happened before? Is he supposed to go find that person and tell them? Is he supposed to pay them for the sacrifice that they made that was not required? Or the hajj that they repeated that was not required? Are they supposed to make up for it? No. That when you do tell someone about something, then which is why at the end of every fatwa, what do you read? Wallahu a'lam. Allah knows best. Which means that our statement is not the final one. There may be something out there that we don't know of that is more correct. But the point is that if a person, if a mujtahid changes his opinion, then he doesn't need to make up for the mistake that happened before. Why? Because that was based on his firm understanding and belief. And also one more point. If the companions did not know about all of the Ahadith, then how can we expect that the scholars after them knew about all of the Ahadith? If they were prone to making mistakes, then anyone after them can, right? But we think all of the Sahih Ahadith have been collected, have been classified. You know, they're in Bukhari, in Muslim, in Sihah Sitta, or in the collection of Albani. But there's still people researching more and more today. And finding out that there are more ahadith out there. Exactly. They're, they're not that old. When a mustahada woman, a woman who experiences istihada, when she sees a tuhr, when she sees the signs of purity. Now for a woman who experiences istihada, what is tuhr for her? Tuhr basically is time outside of hayd, right? So tuhr for her is when she's not having hayd. Even though she may still be seeing blood. So الطهر for the mustahada woman is not just dryness or قصة البائضة. It can still be blood. Okay, but that blood is different. That blood is not the blood of Hayd, It is the blood of Istihad. So when she sees طهر basically, when she's not having her hayd in other words, even though she is bleeding, what is she required to do? Meaning, is she supposed to start praying immediately? Is she supposed to pray at all? Can she have relations with her husband? What is permissible for her? And what is not permissible for her? This is what the question is. قال ابن عباس ابن عباس عنه. He said تغتسل She will take a bath When she sees طهر Meaning when her hail is over Even though she sees blood When her hail is over تغتسل She will take a bath وتصلي And she will pray ولو ساعة Even if it is for an hour What is for an hour? The sign, the state of purity. So for example, a woman has her haid. She became clean. She saw the signs of purity. Let's say she had complete dryness and she takes a bath, she starts praying. Now after an hour she starts bleeding again. But that blood is different. It's thin, it's, it's flowing constantly, doesn't have any smell, no cramps, nothing. So her bleeding has begun. But that bleeding, the second bleeding, is not of haid. It is of استحادة so even then she is going to pray she is going to continue praying if she has her cycle for seven days she doesn't have istihadah generally within the seven days she sees the blood that blood looks like menstrual blood she will consider it to be menstrual blood but if it's not usual it doesn't look like menstrual blood then it will be istihada. so he said that she will take a bath and she will pray even if she's clean only for an hour Another way in this walaw has been understood is that even if there is only one hour left, for what? For that salah. So for example, she becomes clean at the time of Dhuhr, just a little while before asr, and she takes a bath and there is a little bit of time left before asr, she has to pray immediately. Likewise, she becomes clean, she sees the signs of purity, and there is an hour left for Dhuhr. What should she do? Take a bath immediately and pray. Not, oh, you know what, Zuhar is almost over, so forget it. I'll just take a bath at Asa time and then I'll pray. Or you know what, I'll take a bath at night and I'll pray Isha. No, she has to pray Zuhar, she has to pray Asa, she has to pray Maghrib and Isha. When? When she sees the sign of purity. where زَوْجُهَا إِذَا صَلَّتْ And when she is praying, meaning when she has started praying, once she knows that she has become clean, it's not haydh anymore, even though she's seeing blood, but that blood may be istihada. Then her husband can come to her. As-salatu-a'wam. As-salat is greater. What does this mean? This means that she can only resume sexual relations after performing the salah. Why? Because salah is greater, more urgent, far more important. So let's say there's only an hour left for Asr to end. For Zuhur to end. She takes a bath. She has to pray first and then do other things. Another understanding of the statement is that based on the statement, Imam Bukhari is doing qiyas that when it becomes permissible for a woman in istihada to pray, okay, so a woman who has istihada, when she starts to pray, then it is permissible for her to have relations with her husband as well. What's the evidence that as-salātu a'vam? Salah is greater. So if she's allowed to pray, even when she's bleeding, then she is allowed to have relations with her husband, even when she is bleeding, provided that that blood is of istehabah. And it is known that the Mustahada prays, she prays fard, she prays nafil, she prays sunnah. So it is also permissible for her to have relations with her husband. حدثنا أحمد بن يونس عن زهير قال حدثنا هشام عن عروة عن عائشة قالت said, قال نبيُّ صلى الله عليه وسلم that when the hayd begins then leave the prayer. وَإِذَا أَدْبَرَتْ And when it leaves, فَغْسِلِي عَنْكِ الدم وَصَلِّي Then wash away the blood from you and start praying. So basically, when the blood of Hayd is there, then no prayer and no relations. When the blood of Hayd is gone, then prayer as well as relations. Even though she's seeing blood, yes, provided that blood is of istihadah because for a mustahadah woman she's constantly bleeding, right? باب الصلاة على sunnatiha as the prayer على nufasai upon the Nufasa. Nufasa, plural of nafisa a woman experiencing postnatal bleeding so after birth the bleeding that she experiences so salat prayer on her sunnatiha and its sunnah meaning the masnoon way of performing it. In other words, if a woman dies while she is having nifas, then how will the salah be prayed on her? Can the salah be prayed on her, by the way? And why not? Okay. But some people, they said that a dead body is najis. And especially if a woman is menstruating, there is blood coming out, there is najasa coming out, that is impure. So if you touch the body, your wudu breaks. Right? And if a woman is bleeding, then she is unclean. So do you pray on her salatul janazah? That was a question that was raised once upon a time. And there are people who may raise this question today as well. So Imam Bukhari proves that yes, you have to pray janazah on such a woman. And what's the way of performing it? That's what we find out from the hadith of the Prophet ﷺ. Hadathana Ahmad ibn Abi qala shababatu, qala akhbarana shu'batu, an husaynin, al muallimi, an بُرَيْدَةَ عِنْ سَمْرَةِ إِبْنِ جُنْدُبٍ أَنَّ ذَاتْ A woman مَاتَتْ فِي بطن. That she died فِي بَطْنٍ What does it mean by فِي بطن? بَطْنٍ is the stomach right So فِي بَطْنٍ Has been understood In a number of ways First of all Due to بَطْن Meaning due to pregnancy So in other words She was still pregnant And she died in that state She's not bleeding But she was pregnant Secondly, fi means due to childbirth. So for example, the labor or the postnatal bleeding, it was, for example, she had a hemorrhage, the bleeding would not stop, and as a result, she died. Or she gave birth, everything was fine, and while she was still having postnatal bleeding, she died in that state. So mathat fi batnin. So the Prophet صَلَى اللَّهُ عليه وَسَلَّمُ So the Prophet he prayed the janazah on her. فَقَامَ And how did he pray? فَقَامَ So he stood وسَطَهَا The middle of her body, meaning the opposite of the middle of her body. Because for a man, I mean the imam stands by the head, across from the head. But for the woman, across from the middle of the body. So this is the sunnah. So this proves that the woman who is experiencing postnatal bleeding her body is not nudges. Even if blood is coming out excessively from her body? Yes. Because sometimes it's a lot of bleeding. Like for example, if a woman has a hemorrhage, it's a lot of bleeding. Constantly she's bleeding, bleeding, bleeding. It's uncontrollable. I mean there's no menstrual pad, nothing at all that can that can control that bleeding, that can actually contain that blood. There's so much bleeding. So she has died even, but still maybe the blood is coming out or you know it's possible right? So that her body is not unclean She will be preyed upon Next Bab. Now the Tarjuma, There is no chapter heading that has been given What does that mean? That this is a further explanation of the previous Further elaboration of the previous point Mudrik Qala Yahya ibn abu Awana Ismuhu al Min kitabihi From his book What does it mean? What does it mean? That this person, Waddah, he read out this hadith from where? From his book. Meaning he read it out from his book. Some hadith scholars, they would narrate from their memory. Other hadith scholars, what would they do? They would have their students read. Right? They would have their students read. And sometimes they would read from their own collection. So min kitabihi, he read from his own collection. He had written in that qala, he said, عَنْ عَبْدِ اللَّهِ بْنِ شَدَّادٍ قَالَهِ سَمِعْتُ خَالَتِي I heard my khala maymuna. How many generations between a companion of the Prophet wasallam and the book? وَالْضَّاحِ He had written in his book, right? From who? Sulaiman, An عَبْدِ اللَّهِ قَالَ سَمِعْتُ خَالَتِي There's two people in the middle. So very soon we see that the scholars started writing their collections. So he said, سَمِعْتُ خَالَتِي مَيْمُونَتَي زوج النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم أنها كانت تكون حائضا لا تصلي That she would be حائضا She would be menstruating And she would not be praying at that time And وَهِيَ مُفْتَرِشَة She would be lying down sitting on at the أَتَّحِذَاءِ What is حِذَاء? The place of prayer Masjid Masjid meaning the place of sajda Of Rasulullah صلى الله عليه وسلم وَهُوَ يُصَلِّي عَلَىٰ khumrati. And he would be praying on his خُمْرَة What is خُمْرَة? خُمْرَة is shawl So basically. He would be praying and she would be right where he was praying, right at that spot or right by that spot. She'd be lying down or sitting. And إِذَا sajada When he would prostrate, asabani بَعْضُ Some of his garment would actually touch me. You know, imagine somebody is praying and you're lying down right next to them. So as you bow down, as you go into sajda, and your clothes touch the floor, they will also touch the person lying down or sitting next to you. Correct? So what does it show then? The Prophet is praying. His clothes are touching a menstruating woman. And we know that a person who is praying, his clothes and his body should not touch any najasa. Okay? Which is why we see that if a baby's diaper is dirty, then a woman, if she knows that it's dirty, she should not hold that baby in prayer. So the fact that the Prophet wasallam's clothes would touch her during his salah, proves that a menstruating woman's body is not unclean. In the previous bab, what was proven? That the Nufasa, their body is not unclean. Over here we see that the Ha'id, her body is also not unclean. It is Tahir. So, she can touch the place of prayer, she can touch the mat, and this is the reason why some scholars even allowed that she can go to the masjid, and some scholars even allowed that she can touch the Quran according to one opinion so where it is necessary she can alright any questions yes the child on the stage where the soul was there so do you pray two janazah or one yes you pray the janazah for the child as well okay. both janazas will be prayed for the mother as well as the baby if the baby was and the ruh was blown so after four months basically any other question It's not a question, it's
1: just a comment, and uh, it's very sad. I went to see my doctor this week, and uh, she's a Muslim doctor, but she doesn't wear hijab, but she knows her deen. And she says, she was just talking, Whenever we go, we always talk generally about our families and whatnot. So she was telling me how sad it is that Muslim couples come to her asking for abortion. And she says, Amina, they are in full hijab, abaya, niqab. The husband has a beard, and he's wearing a kurta. And I tell them, it's not allowed. They say, you don't know anything. They actually tell her she doesn't know because she doesn't wear a hijab. When I explain to them, they say, no, the ruh is not blown into the body yet, into the baby yet, so it's okay. She said, it's not okay. She said, I explain to them and they just don't listen. And she tells them clearly, I tell them, do not come to my office, please. But she said, or oh, I will give you one thing. You have the baby and I will find another Muslim family who wants that child. And I will give that child to the, to the family. Then there, one man actually told her, who will give the child away? She said, what? And who will kill the child then? He said, you can say you can't give the baby, and you can kill the child? She said, what are you talking? She said, you know what, go home and think about it. When she told me this, I was thinking I should tell all the imams in the masjid to start giving this lecture in the, in the khutbas because this is something that should not be allowed. How can we Muslim parents be so ignorant mm. that we are actually telling the doctor to ha- let us have an abortion? And she was so upset, she was actually in tears, and she said, Amina, this happens to me every day. She said they are not educated, they don't seem to realize.
0: And it's a sad situation. It's a very sad situation. But imagine if Janaza has to be performed, and I mean, how, how can you go and kill? Yes. All these things in different scenarios, the Tahar and Haid and everything, for a young girl who's just, you know, in that stage, beginning her menstruation, she doesn't know her body yet, she doesn't know what menses are really, how would you simply explain, you know, just these things to them? For a woman who has begun her menstruation? For a young girl. You know, like she's very young, you know, is playful, doesn't really know her body that much yet. You know, these stages, either she's still hot or not, she doesn't know this yet. Yeah, it doesn't concern her. But I'm just saying that a little girl who does not have any period, or she has. She She just just began. Yeah, then it should be explained to her. Simplify it to say that either you see, when you wipe yourself, you see nothing. It's dry. That means you're clean. Or when you wipe yourself, you see clear discharge. That means you're clean. When you wipe yourself, you see color discharge, yellowish, brownish. Yeah, so you can summarize in the same way, right? And also remember that let young girls who have begun their periods be, have that confidence to be able to speak to you, to be able to approach you concerning this. Because, you know, if they're not sure about when they're clean, when they're not clean, and they have you around and still they can't ask you, then what will they do when they grow up? I have open communication, basically.
1: I believe as a mother or Muslim in the community, we shouldn't be shy of that. We have to teach them to training. They can bring their first part to you and show it to you. Mm-hmm. SubhanAllah said, this, Aisha was getting that from exactly. the Muslim woman, so we shouldn't be shy to teach by doing it with
0: them. Exactly. exactly. And when a girl is nearing the age of her. Period, then she should be informed from before Girls find out anyway Through their friends, through their older siblings They find out anyway, so it's better that you explain Properly so that when it does Happen, you know, they know what has happened I remember one sister, she told me that she Had absolutely no idea, she had four brothers And her mother had never mentioned to her nothing She said one day she started bleeding And she thought she was going to die And she was collecting the blood to show to the doctor She really thought she was Going to die, she thought something serious Had happened with her and finally, when her mother came, she told her about it, and she found out that this is something normal. So, first of all, this kind of ignorance is, is not good, and secondly, the kind of place and the time that we're living in, it's necessary that they find out the right way. After
1: March is the same. April is the same. Now, like after 16 days, she purifies. She again started. So, the cycle is.
0: Yeah, it's, it's possible. The cycle is changing. Okay. As long as the characteristics of hail are present, like she has those cramps, uh, then it is considered hail. But if those characteristics are not present, then it is not hayd
1: Assalamu alaikum. Also, when we explain to the uh, young girls, we have to tell them also this is private matter, which we don't share with others. Because I remember one sister, she told her daughter, she was eight years old, and she, her dad came and the friend came. She said, Daddy, Daddy, my mom, she told me this. And she was so excited she was so scared also. So we have told them this is a private matter. Yeah,
0: that you can talk to me about it, your older sister about it, but not everybody.
2: What about if the uh, menstruation starts like for a girl? For myself, when it started, it just was a drop or two, and then a few months later, that's when it came. So what would that be? Just a drop or two. Like the first time I had it was just a few drops for one day, mm-hmm. and then a few months later, I got my
0: period. So Remember that principle that any natural blood that comes out, without you know any any other cause like no injury nothing then it will be considered hayd unless there is a reason to prove that it is istihada so it is not istihada why because you're not bleeding constantly first of all okay
2: yes. so i would have like like for myself or for any other consider to that do. to be
0: hayd yeah. when that's over take a bath even if that means after one day because remember there's no minimum number of days for hayd
2: i just want to say my experience on this hadith when you said that uh, that there was a woman, she was like really bleeding a lot, and then she died. I don't know, where did you mention oh, it? The,
0: the hemorrhage, like if a woman yeah. has excessive bleeding, and as a result of that, yeah. she dies.
2: That, that is possible. Yes, It's uh, because I had it on my, after my second son, mm-hmm. and it's like there were six women, they were putting this blue pad, mm-hmm. just putting it and bring it to the garbage, and bring it, Like yeah. it was like... It's uncontrollable bleeding. It was
0: Humorrhage uncontrollable. Is uncontrollable yeah. bleeding, and it has to be dealt with immediately, otherwise a woman can actually die. Because basically, the uterus is not contracting. And there is like wounds inside the uterus and that blood is coming from the body then. So actually the body is bleeding. It's not the placenta, it's not the the internal wounds, but it's actually the blood that's coming out from the body. So it can lead to death. And these days, alhamdulillah, with the immediate medical care that can be given and procedures that can be done, it can be taken care of. But, But in a case where it's not done and a woman dies in that state and she's still bleeding profusely or she has blood so much, then janazah will be prayed upon her, her body is clean. So inshallah, before we begin Kitab Tayammum, a couple of things from Hayd. Alhamdulillah, in Hayd we covered lots of things, from rulings regarding to Hayd, irregular menstruation, as well as istihadah, as well as nifas. Now, when it comes to Istihada, when it comes to Hayd, it's clear when it begins, when it ends, right? But when it comes to Nifas, when does it begin? After childbirth. But at what point is a woman supposed to discontinue salah? Meaning, when she's in labor, at what point is she supposed to stop praying? Because many women are in confusion with regards to this. Some women think that as soon as they begin their labor pains, they stop praying. Other women think that as soon as their water breaks, they stop praying. Right? The thing is that you stop praying when you begin nifas. What is nifas? Blood. So when the bleeding begins, the bleeding of childbirth, that means nifas has begun. Whether the child has already been born or is in the process of being born, okay, is about to be born, regardless of that. But once the woman begins to bleed, whether that bleeding is a lot or very little, that means that her nifas has begun. Now for some women, for example at the time of labor, with the contractions there is also slight bleeding or spotting. That means her nifas has begun. For other women, they do not bleed at all until the baby actually comes out. So they stop praying at that time. So this means that a woman could actually be in active labor. She could be having her contractions literally a few minutes apart. Even then she's praying. That's different. Because like, for example, a membrane sweep, because of which some there may be a little bit of bleeding, Uh, that's different. This is with labor pains. And also remember that, for example, for some women, two, three days before the baby is actually born or let's say a week before the baby is born, they start bleeding. So even that's nifas. Shaykh Muslim ibn Taymiyyah, he said, with regard to that blood which is seen two or three days before delivery, it is nifas. Because it is blood that comes out because of giving birth. So it is nifas just like blood that comes out afterwards. This is because pregnant women rarely see blood but if a pregnant woman sees blood close to the time of delivery it is obviously because of birth especially if she's having contractions so if the signs of labor are evident and the bleeding has begun whether a little or a lot then that means that it is nifas there would be no need because umrah you don't have to perform separate umrah and then if you have to perform tawaf ifada you have to do it all right that means you will have to wait anyway ilaha illa anta na wa I pray that Allah really gives us the true understanding of how this is and may our nafs not come in, you know, in between preventing us from the correct understanding. May this really help us in performing our ibadah properly with confidence, with shah sadr and may this knowledge be of benefit to us and also to those women who are around us inshaAllah. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi